Hello and welcome back to Home and Away Days podcast, the second half, episode three. And it is a momentous occasion because uh, not only are we joined by James, how are we doing, James? How are you? Uh, yeah, thanks for that lovely introduction of yourself. That lasted all of one second. We once again have brought Neil back after his amazing appearance on the last episode. How are we doing, Neil? All right, thanks. You all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just did as well as James. That's really great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I, that's why I did it. Oh, we are. We're so excited to be here this evening, aren't we? Yeah, it's almost like I've had to drag you both by the scruff of your neck away from the Champions League football. But we'll, I promise it. it'll get better than this. Um, so, uh, obviously, which is accustomed now to the uh, the second half podcast, we always start with a discussion topic. And there's only really one we can start with. And, of course, it has to be... Uh, referees. So, just starting off, I thought I want to get your opinion on on one thing first of all. So we'll start with you, Neil. Um, seeing as you're you're coming on for this for the first time, and being a Premier League uh, fan mainly, and also being a Bolton fan, I'll give you some really good insight. So I just want to know, what do you think is wrong with refereeing at the moment? Well, if we're just going off that match where everything went wrong, the Liverpool match. Uh... It's the first time I've heard or read a transcript of um, what they actually say during a decision. And there's no structure. Everybody's just talking and nobody knows who's supposed to say what and in what in what way things are supposed to happen and how they're supposed to make a decision. Because it's, it just seemed like chaos. And these are supposed to be professionals who make these massive decisions. And I think that, I, I don't know if it's always like that, but it was just seemed to be lacking in structure. You know, like a, there's an offside decision, essentially, so then there should be like, what what we do? What do we do now? Instead of everybody just going, oh shit, um, offside, is it? What what happened? <laughs> um, carry on? Yeah? Yeah, it, it just kind of felt like it was all up in arms. Yeah. And, and this will be a good question for you, James, and I'll, and I'll flip to you because you are a Liverpool fan. And although, no you know, you might not have been sit there to, to see it, what do you think was wrong with that situation? I mean, obviously, it will look quite well on refereeing as a problem in whole. But what, what was wrong with that decision-making process? Um, I obviously didn't watch the game because we were at the football the weekend but it, it it's it's really laughable especially as they brought out the audio recording because it does show you how inept these referees are in this league that's not a really harsh thing to say you know bear in mind we watch Bolton games every single week and very rarely are we ever thinking Do you know what that ref had a brilliant game but these guys that we watch are in league one the ones who watch the premier league You've literally just heard an order recorded from the VAR guy being like, we, we've run wrong here, and he's just been completely parred off. Yeah. And make, makes sense. What, what I love about the transcripts, I've got it up in front of me because we were just talking about it before we started recording, and the absolute incompetence. I mean, first of all, um, while they were being recorded uh, and, and doing the check, um, they didn't actually know what decision they'd give. So obviously it came out that, they thought originally it wasn't given as an offside and then when it was reviewed, it was to allow the goal to stand. Uh, and then obviously it sort of comes down after they've restarted that they actually wanted to give the goal and not dis... But in, in fact, on the pitch, they disallowed it. So they've carried on playing. 
And obviously the VAR team are then saying, well, no, the goal should have stood. Uh, and, and obviously it comes to it and they can't stop the game again, which I thought was a bit odd anyway, because if the goal, if the game's only progressed by about 10 seconds, what's the difference in going back and then giving the goal? So you can see there's a lot of issues with VAR. And one thing I wanted to sort of address about VAR is, is, is it actually doing its job? So again, we'll go to Neil. Um, you know, you're more likely to, to witness. I mean, you'll probably watch a lot more Premier League football, um, given the fact that me and James are often, you know, on a Saturday tied up, we can't see yeah. that, and, and travelling can sometimes come into that. But going off VAR, is it actually having an impact in a positive way? Or is it just a case of every single game now? It looks like, but especially over the past few weekends, that the VAR is is creating more problems than it's fixing. Yeah, this... Uh... This season, the VAR has been just shocking. I don't understand how bad, how it's so bad as well, because you've got several people involved. You've got so much technology, and I don't understand. Like, there's no process. Uh, like with with that the Liverpool goal that should have stood. I'm glad it didn't because it's funny, <laughs> but it should have it should have stood. There was no like you know let's pause the game for ten seconds. Like you said, I, I don't know. Why they couldn't go back? I thought there was some kind of fifteen-second rule where they can bring it back. Yeah, well, in my mind, if the game hasn't progressed, yeah, just, I do not see yeah, what would be the hold problem. Up, lads. Pick that ball up. What did you say, Jonathan? Yeah, it... In my ear again? Because <laughs> it's, it's only the same as if they were given any other review. You know, you just because that's what I think originally it was VAR at first, didn't it? While they were sort of like playing on, yeah. and the referee would sort of bring have a little alert that it's being yeah. checked and. That would make sense. I don't know why they didn't say. As soon as there's a decision, like Rocky Linesman, he's on the phone. He said, "This this is offside. Let's let's have a look back. All the angles. Uh, it's it's not offside. Tell the ref. Done. But I I don't think I, I don't think VAR has been great at all in the Premiership. I've, I've seen it better implemented in Champions League and in internationals. I don't. I think that they'd be better off just using a robot. Like they've got the AI stuff to do offsides, haven't they? Yeah, but th- this is the thing. So the VAR we have isn't including the uh, automatic offsides. Yeah. So obviously, when you're obviously referring to you know European football mm. and, and international football, that's all the Magic. semi-automatic yeah. system. Use that, which which is working exceptionally yeah. well. Get rid of humans. Take the human error out of it. And use robots because they seem to do a much better job. There's no, there's no egos. There's no emotion. There's no like, oh, I'm going to upset my mate if I tell him to call it back. None of that because robots don't have friends. <laughs> I know. I remember when that came out about um, the the referee that he, he spared his one of his colleagues uh, a, a decision in the VAR room Outrageous. because he didn't want to embarrass yeah. him. And you can't. It, it's just insane. How can you but do that? James, we'll, we'll we'll just sort of get your opinion now. Um, like I say, in, in terms of VAR, do you think there is any way it can sort of continue in the same capacity uh, with what we've got? Or do we have to sort of look to implement that semi-automatic system and maybe even go further with that? I think incorporating that semi-automatic system they have in the Champions League has proved not only that it works but it is a definitive computerized version. It's like when they brought in goal line technology and 
that revolutionised football at the time because it took away this whole debate of did it cross the line or did it not? That was sorted out. Now you've got technology that can work out if they've off the offside or not, and it's very conclusive. Why can't they bring it in? It's already one thing that sort of in the in football they only have VAR in the Premier League. They only have VAR in certain fixtures in the EFL and whatever. Um, it's up for debate for that anyway. But then the way that they sort of punish, let's say, these referees which do make a mistake is that they take them off altogether and they take them off their duty altogether. It's like some sort of, like back in the day when the people used to be executed in public for being a witch or something like that. It's the same logic that Hang I'm on. using. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, no I mean, referees have been we killed. We might be a bit drastic no there. Well, no, no, not being killed, but like it's public humiliation. It's being stuck up on a, not burned, but being stuck up against a fake and be like, listen, you've got this completely wrong. And it's just, I mean, the stocks would have been a, a better yeah, reference, really, yeah. you know. Not, <laughs> not, not, not burned. <laughs> but it, it does sort of bring me on to it to a good point. So what, what I wanted to do is just highlight some of the decisions. Uh, and these aren't even too far away. I think these are all this season. But from what we've seen, obviously, we've had the Liverpool disallowed goal. Uh, the same weekend had that Brentford penalty, which was never given. Um, you know, the one where against Forest. The, the keeper was just challenged, uh, you know, challenged for the ball, didn't get any of the ball, and that was never given. The United handball, Neil, which you obviously were were, were mentioning, um, and obviously when you talked to us about it, because I didn't watch the game, yeah. which realistically should have been given. And then you've got McAllister, who was sent off, and it was rescinded with an apology. Uh, he received a straight Again. red. Again. The Akanji offside against Fulham, which to me still baffles me how that stood and... It, it, the referee could stand by that decision. Um, and then even going further than that, some of the ones we've seen at Bolton have been horrific. And as well, a special shout out to, to Wigan, where Charlie White, their centre-back, was sent off for winning the ball as a last man. And then the appeals committee upheld it two to one. It was There's just been so many to, to go through. And obviously, we, we can't even really take into account the ones that have happened live. And I mean, we even mentioned it in, in one of our uh, podcast before me and James, there was a, a player who got sent off because the referee hit him. It, the referee had, had blown his whistle and sort of moved his arm out, hit the player, and the player had no, none the wiser, and he got sent off for that, and that was in non-league. It, it just seems systematically there's something wrong, and what I wanted to obviously bring to light as well, and I don't know if you two know this, but it, it's definitely going to make for interesting uh, you know, debate, is... What a look at the salary that a Premier League ref earns. So, what basically happens is a Premier League ref gets, I believe, from what I've seen, and it probably might even be a bit more now, about forty grand a year as a retainer. So that's to basically say you're a full time ref, whether they've got a match or not, or they might have to drop down to the Championship or anything like that. They they get forty grand guaranteed. Then they get one thousand one hundred and fifty pounds per match. That was in 20, 2020, 2021. So it'll obviously have gone up again. Um, so what that works out as a Premier League ref in 2020, 2021, earned about 80,000 plus a year. And that's not even including Champions League uh, fit, uh, money that they get paid. Because I think that was about five grand a match if they're, they're classed as an elite referee. So these referees who are probably now on uh, upwards of 80 grand, 
uh, maybe even the hundred grand mark after you know increases in um, cost of living and whatnot, and they're still making these kinds of mistakes. I mean, is, is it a case of are we, are they being you know paid for jobs they're not doing, especially with VAR now, because with VAR it, that seems to be doing half the work for them and still doing it wrong. So j- just to to Neil, first of all, do you think referees are being overpaid? No, no, I think they're being underpaid. What thing is with refs? They always say, <laughs> "How can we make refs better? Pay them more, make make the profession more attractive." Who the fuck wants to be a ref? Yeah, especially at a lower it's league, like a, for a youngster at sixteen, you, if you're not playing football to try and get through. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be a ref as a kid. You've got to grow up being a ref. It's a horrible existence to maybe get a chance of being a premiership ref. Um yeah, no, it's not it's not attractive, is it? I mean it's still eighty grand a year is a very good wage, but it's compared to how much footballers earn, that's footballers are getting that a week. Yeah, there's a massive disparity Huge. and obviously the, the the problem you've got as well is I mean, how do you regulate being a referee? It's I mean, it's like, you, do they have regular training sessions? I mean, it's not like they're they're attached to a club, is it? It's not like you go in at United and then there's three referees, you know, doing the training and keeping up to fitness. It's, yeah, I don't know. It seems I, very I much independent. Refs. I'd like to see a, a mm. you know, a Wrexham-style, Sunderland-style documentary on refs. <laughs> how do they live? Well, it would be interesting. How do they uh, How do they learn? Do they get together in little ref groups, like you said? Yeah, like um, I know they have in like American football, especially in football, where they have like uh, film rooms where they go back and watch yeah. the weekends play. Do, do they sit there and go over decisions and say, "Would you have give that? Would you have not?" Yeah, reference. <laughs> well, we'll try and it. We'll try and obtain the rights and the uh, gold daddy don't name main for that. I know you're a lover Ooh, of that. Oh yeah. Um, but but James, I'll I'll ask you a different question then. So obviously, from a a, a non well, not a non-league, but from the championship down, I think the Premier League and the championship are the only two levels where referees are full-time. Now, obviously, seeing what we see at League One level and then looking below, do you think that referees need to be full-time so that they can be held accountable? Because one thing I do struggle with is obviously knowing that when a referee is getting all these decisions wrong, they have sort of like this crutch to fall back on, like, well, we can't do this full-time, so... Kind of the same way, like a non, if a non-league player had a bad day, he might be working a nine to five through the week, and he might be shattered by the time it gets to Saturday. So, if you do, you think it's better to have them employed full time so they're accountable, or do you think that that's then rewarding them for for poor officiating? I generally do think no, because obviously you could say they are part timers because they are it's not their full time job. It shouldn't suddenly mean that they're not putting in their full. 100% effort into it. And bear in mind, when it comes to the referees that are in League 1 and League 2, they're not inept. These guys have had to go through years of non-league football, you know, non-league trophies, having to go through both Saturday and Sunday morning refing as well, just to even get to the Vanarama or something like that. It's very rare that a referee suddenly goes from Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon in a park somewhere to get in League One, League Two football, it it just it doesn't happen. So they have to have some ability. Yeah, perhaps you might say the ref has more than the linesman do because he's got a bit more to do. 
but it, there's no excuse for it. Like they should, it, they should be. They tried the hardest. I get it, right? You can sometimes make a mistake, and you can sometimes not see something, and the, the angle's not there. But they do need to pay more, though. They, the job they do is quite horrific sometimes. They do pay more. And then I just thought touching on what Neil said uh, just a bit before about um, you know trying to attract referees. I mean, especially looking at former players now. Obviously, maybe today's um, footballers can't be looked at as much because it seems that they're much more comfortable. Like if you're a Premier League player, you can. It looks very comfortable for you to uh, retire and never have to work a day, or maybe just go into coaching because that's what you love. But if you say look at like non-league and and semi-pro level or maybe even the lower leagues, would it be a better idea to turn around to players and say, "Listen, I know obviously you can go into a career of coaching." maybe make it to a similar level but you know with the number of uh, coaches out there it might be a hard task or do we then sort of like push them say well refereeing is a solid job I mean we know you've got the fitness levels we know you've got football knowledge because you've been playing the game should you not look to to go into refereeing uh, refereeing I mean Neil would you be happy with say former players going into refereeing because obviously like say they've got more of a football knowledge than maybe a referee has I mean if they've played 10 20 years at a, a you know competitive level whereas a referee might have been doing his badges is that sort would you think that would have the same effect as uh, picking up the coaching badges i think if that was an option we it, it would have already have happened and people would you'd know about it you know this guy was an ex player he played for whoever and i think there's mm. a there's a lots of reasons why players don't go into being a ref i i wouldn't yeah because i mean even if you said like a, a lower league player, you just you you know what refs go through. You get called a dickhead all the time, just just for doing your job. Uh, yeah, it's just. Have you ever known anybody who wants to be a ref? No, it, it very much to me seems I've like only known a, couple, a career you'd have yeah, when you can't make it as a footballer. I've only known a couple of people, and they were bell ends. Like they just were, they were knobheads just in general. That's they just wanted that tiny bit of power. That's, yeah, that's not even taken into account them being a ref. Like just them, they were just dicks, and then they wanted to be a ref, which makes them double dicks. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do it. Give it to robots, like I said. Fuck it. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, you you've got to think to yourself how how many more years will it come until not refereeing disappears in general, but how much is just automated systems and there is just maybe like a messenger on the pitch because with all the technology that we have, it doesn't seem barbaric to think that one day offsides won't need to be in their hands. Throw-ins could be done by a you know video system relay. It's, it's inevitable. It, it's weird knowing that they could eventually be wiped from the game, but if things carry on like they are, it, it's going to really endanger the, the integrity that we have in games because a lot of games now, I mean, like say, you could look at that Liverpool-Tottenham game and say referees cost Liverpool a result there. And as happy as Neil is about it, mm. it's still a worrying part of football. There shouldn't be that in football. It should be, this is the decision and this is the correct decision. That's it. A, a football match shouldn't be changed or ruined by a mistake. Yeah, and, and you know, as as a Bolton fan, I've seen many of them. So yeah. I, I'd I'd be more than happy to see it be automated if that fixed everything because at the end of the day you want the result you want as every factor uh in the game whether that be referees or the players you want it decided by who's the better team and who's playing the better football not by 
or the referee didn't see this, yeah, or exactly. the linesman couldn't keep up with the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I, I think we've we've brought up some interesting topics there. And of course, you could easily spend hours going over this, but it, it is a really hot topic at the moment. And I'm surprised of how early in the season referees seem to have dominated because, you know, at the beginning of every season, there's always new rules introduced and new policies. And then within a few weeks, they all seem to disappear. And then, especially this this season, it, it just seems like they really have done something um, drastically different and it's really not worked. It's, it's so, not, a, it's not but, even in the rule changes. It's just mistakes being made. I mean, the handball rule changes constantly. But that isn't what's causing the issue. It's just mistakes, referee mistakes. Yeah, the handball is only just a part of it, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's a tiny just... part of it. And that's just, yeah. nobody knows the handball rules. <laughs> well, I mean, even going off, I think it was um, it was today or yesterday, there was a Champions League incident where uh, the ball was just sort of smacked it into his hands and he couldn't move them because it was slid down, but they give a penalty anyway. So it's not just us messing up with handball. Handball is always going to be an awful decision to give because it's so subjective. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of move on from, from refereeing. And, and as always, if you do have uh, any opinions or you want us to, to bring anything up, just email us in. The email will be uh, in the description below. Uh, we'd just love to hear you know what you think about it because... At the end of the day, people might see it differently. You know, Tottenham fans might have a thing or two to say about that Liverpool uh, decision. So it, it's it's more than up for debate. But uh, we'll kind of ignore you for a minute now, Neil, because unfortunately you're not a fantasy football player. Boys, get <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> but it's something me and James do uh, actively pursue and keep up to date with. So starting off with yourself, James, uh, how many points overall are you sitting on? Uh, overall, I am sitting on three hundred and forty-four. Ooh, that's that's not too shabby. I'm three six five, so we're both doing incredibly poorly, but I'm still beating you, which is the only thing I care about. <laughs> um, now I believe as well we were discussing this. You have made some big changes and oh, I will call them out changes. Oh, for fuck! Right, so. Um, when I over the last like two or three, four, five game weeks, whatever, um, I went with the tactic of playing no Haaland or Salah and trying to build team around players who are cheaper but are playing all the time. That was my idea, and it was working somewhat. Where I had Callum Wilson in there, I had Watkins. Oh, you had Ollie Watkins. Did you I, take no, no, Ollie no, Watkins gonna, out? We're going to come to that in a minute. Um, but I had players in who were playing every week and had a chance of doing well for their team because that team was doing well. But cumulatively, Halland and Seller were still getting points every week and it was out doing whatever I could do, they were still getting more points cumulatively. So I changed it up and I brought them in. Yes, I brought out Watkins. Yes, I brought out Wilson. Um, Watkins backfired, but you know, backfired. It, it, it backfired. Up. It backfired, like, right? <laughs> he got three goals and two assists, but um, he's not going to do that every single game. And you're telling me that I would have predicted that he would have done that against Brighton? Not a chance. Not a chance. So, in the long run, I think it's a good decision that I've done. But in the short run, it was a bit like great decision that really went well. <laughs> well, I mean, you, like I say, considering I've had Haaland in mostly as captain from since the start, and you're only twenty points behind me, I think that's quite acceptable. Um, but you know, I, again, I, I'm 
merely just trying to stay afloat in, in friends and family leagues. Um, I, it's been one of those weird times that not much is going right. I'm struggling with transfers to make now as well because the the players I thought would do really well, I've, I've really wasted a few of them. I had to take out Onana. I honestly thought his career would have started the complete opposite way. Um, I thought he was meant for, you know, to come and be this goalkeeper that United would finally have who would keep clean sheets, be comfortable with the ball. And it's just, again, gone the complete opposite way. I benched Trippier one game and I think he got like two or three assists. It, it's just trying to get into a swing and it, it's it's never really worked out, which is fine. I can live with that. But fantasy-wise, I've not made my transfers yet because I believe Saka might be injured and I'm trying to see how long he's injured for. He got injured yesterday, I believe, um, but I haven't heard anything definitive about it, whether that would keep him out for a, a few weeks or what. So, yeah, for, for now, I, I'll I'll hold off on getting rid of Saka because he's worth a few points. But we can now bring Neil back in because I feel like he was feeling a bit neglected there. And it's a very exciting time for you, Neil, because this is your first foray with us into the £10 bet challenge. Now, for those of you who are not well-versed in this, quite simply, every week with a, a £10 stake, we look to make as much money as possible. And obviously see at the end of the season who can make the most um, out of one bet. And at the moment, we're all doing exceptionally well, me and James, and sitting on zero. But but before we, we get into this week's, I want to have a conversation, right? I want to I wanna directly speak to, even though he's not listening, Brentford. Brentford's manager, Brentford's team, uh, fucking anyone associated with Brentford. You cost me over £100. Oh, right? God, here we go. £100 I could have won if you could have just beaten Everton. I had Barcelona, who were 2-1 down, bring it back to 3-2 and make sure that bet was due to come in. But no, you had to let the Scousers of Everton win 3-1. So honestly, Brentford can fuck off. I'm done with them, right? Hope they get relegated. Even Tony, put as many bets on as you like, mate. Fucking put, stick some tenors on with us. Yeah, fucking no mate. Oh, could we get that, him on? Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'll send him a message. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait for a cease and desist <laughs> and uh, a counter suit <laughs> of you are trying to enable gambling. Um, but yeah, I'll send him an invite and tell him Brentford is shit. Leave in January. Jobs are good. And so, Neil, come to you first. Hello. For £10, what bet are you going for? Um, I'll, I'll, I went with five matches. Okay. Uh, not particularly risky ones, but ones that I think should win, which is what betting is, isn't it? Damn the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the Friday, I've got Athletic Bilbao to beat Almeria. I think that's okay. in the Friday match. And then Saturday, Tottenham to beat Luton, Chelsea to beat Burnley, mm-hmm. Inter Milan to beat Bologna, and Real Madrid to beat Osasuna. Very nice. And for your £10 stake, how much would that win you? £67.50, including a £6.16 bonus. That's not too bad. I mean, like I say, you know, Luton uh, are really struggling. They've just lost to Burnley at home as well. So Tottenham's definitely on. Chelsea have just uh, done a decent job on Fulham. I can see that. You know, Real Madrid are always a safe bet. Inter seem to start well. Yeah, that's a very respectable bet. And I'll be annoyed if yours is the first one to come in because... You know, aforementioned Brentford. Mm. Uh, James, hello. Uh, hello, hello let's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Um, 
So, talk me through your bet. So, I've gone quite quite modest, quite simple. Um, like but I think you. it, fuck you. But I think it will it will come through. I've gone for Ipswich. I've gone for Leicester, and I've gone for Derby to win. Three teams. That's a very cowardish move. But but, okay. it, but it's gonna come through. I was of the understanding it, it, it was like five playing, matches, James. Uh, yeah, you know the, the more matches, the better. But it's so uh, who we have been playing first of all, James. Played into Luke, so uh, fuck you. Um, say again, Luke. Sorry. So yeah, so who were the t- who were they playing? Sorry, who were Ipswich? Oh, playing? So, right, they are playing uh, Preston. So Ipswich played Tough Preston game, at, at, home, at home, though. Leicester okay. playing Stoke at home, and Cheltenham are playing Derby. Right, yeah. So you know, okay, I don't think you're going to get great odds on that, though. What would a tenner return you? Thirty nine pounds and ninety. Jesus, that's not even worth. That's not even worth doing. That's a oh, cop out oh, if I've ever heard one. That is a case of quite literally. You know, I want to get on the board, which is not what I agree with. It is completely Desperate. against everything I believe in. Yeah, it, it it's reeks sweaty, of desperation. Sweaty really, James. Right. <laughs> but if you thought that was, uh, I've gone the complete opposite way. Okay, so Neil went for five teams. Your boy's gone for seven. <laughs> okay, seven teams. Let's re- let's list them off. So Crystal Palace are going to beat Forest. Okay. Leicester are going to beat Stoke. Southampton are going to beat Rotherham. Stevenage to beat Wigan. Stockport to beat Doncaster. Madrid to beat Osasuna. And uh, Bayern to beat Freiburg. £10 would sit me top of the table with £237.11. Give me the crown now. I will be rich by the end of That's Sunday. That's a big boy, but what about uh, cashing out? It is a big. Are we it's just so big letting this ride. Whatever, whatever yeah. happens. Yeah, it, it's just. I mean, you tell me the rules. You know, no cash out rules. Yeah, just let it ride. No cash okay. out. You've got. You've got to let it go. the The only the only way I'd let you cash out. I mean, I suppose if if you're gonna make a few quid, you're fine. But it won't count. So if you want to personally cash out. That's fine, but it will count as the bet is is off. Okay. So you won't go on the leaderboard, I, which is completely empty. I would let you cash out for, you know, whatever you want. Cash out. Yeah, like I say, you can cash out, but you will go down as a casher out. <laughs> okay. And that's not respected. Right, yet. okay. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the three bets. I won't list them off again because it'll take about five nobody, minutes nobody to gives a fuck. And it'll Nobody leave. cares. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll give a fuck when it comes in. When when they're speaking to me next time, and I'm just throwing twenty pounds around the house, like eight of them. Whoosh, whoosh. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, one thing I will say though, now Neil, is if you thought I can predict the future, you haven't seen anything yet because you're actually in in this chat with a mystical power, and that mystical power is the all-seeing guy, James. I need you to summon summon the spirits. The spirits are very, very strong tonight. Are they very strong? Are, are they talking to you? Yeah, I can feel them talking to me. So, I mean, let's let them talk about your last prediction first of all. No, uh, it went that. horrifically wrong, so the spirits must have been uh, miscommunicating with you. Because I believe you pred- predicted a 5-0 win Erling Island hat-trick for City. And he got a goal, but they definitely didn't win 5-0. And you failed to predict a red card as well. So, you know... Uh, I don't think the spirits were doing much for you, but you were getting better, you know, considering the the shit show that was your prediction of Barnsley. 
versus Oxford. So let's now see what they're saying today. So what game do you are you going to make your predictions on? Um, after quite a long, hard look for the fixtures, like when I'm doing my bets and stuff like that, um, I'm going to go with the Premier League again. Okay. It, I do think as the other league's quite tricky to, to, to guess, even with a belt bowl, it's quite tricky to guess who bowl they're going to fucking and play. And as, as well, you don't speak foreign languages, so the, the no, foreign spirits it's, it's can't say tricky. anything to you. Um, I am going to go with uh, a little bit of Man United versus Brentford. Oh, you fool. Ooh, you Man fool. Man United versus Brentford. Okay. So l- let me start you off simple, James. We're, we're going to add a new factor. Name me a player who's going to get a booking. Um, well, I would say uh, Casemiro. Casemiro. Can he play? Can he play? Well, uh, James, don't talk to me. Talk to the spirits. What are they saying to you? Casemiro's going to get a booking. Casemiro's going to get a booking. Okay. Now, I want a goal scorer. Hoyland. Hoyland. Hoyland is going to get a goal. I think he's he's in a bit of form. I think he's in a bit of form. I think he'll score. Um, But then I'm also thinking that... Um... I don't think of a Brentford attacker. I was going to say Whisper. I don't really think he's <laughs> trying to think of a Brentford attacker. It's going Norgard. It's mainly, is it's it's going Norgard. Visa and uh, the other one? It's going Norgard. <laughs> Norgard. What do you think Norgard's going to score? Okay. So, James, I want the score prediction. Mm, 2-1 United. 2-1 United. I do not like these spirits. So. Alright with that spirits, thank you. Our prediction. Yeah, the, the spirit. Yeah, Neil's very yeah, grateful for the I'll spirits. <laughs> so, the spirits have told James. Man United 2, Brentford 1. A booking for Casemiro. A Hoyland goal and a Norgard goal for Brentford. Or maybe even an own goal. Hey, they didn't mention that, did they? Covering both bases there. We'll see how that comes in, but going off your predictions so far, James, we just want to see progress. I just, I just want you to maybe get the score right at least. Um, but you know, it, it's nice, it's nice that we've got uh, a bit of a closer one and something that is probably, a, a, you know, a feasible outcome and one that's very favorable, favorable to Neil. Thank you. So, <laughs> before we end, I thought instead of our usual game we play where James is a massive prick and doesn't play properly. Uh, We would try out a a new game, uh, especially one that would benefit having two players, which will involve you, Neil. So, you know, you're very welcome for being more and more involved. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. (laughs) What I've got is I have got three former Premier League players' career histories. What I'm going to do is I'm going to list them team by team. If you think you know, say your name, make a guess. You get it wrong, you're out for the next team. So just as like a, a practice one, say, for example, I just went City and Neil thought, oh, Ooh. it's just City. The, Is that how you play? If he just went Foden. Yes, correct. So like I say, if you, if you jump in, you're only out for the next team. So especially with some of these players, they might have four or five different teams. You might only miss out on one and still have a chance to win. So volume, you know, make guesses. Don't just sit back. So... James, are you ready? I am ready. Neil, are I you ready? I don't know what's going on. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Neil, as I said, what I'm going to do 
His team by I've got three Premier League footballers. Right. Could be former, could be current. Team by team, I'm going to list their career history. Ah. So where they started and until obviously one of you makes a guess. Ah, okay. And then if you guess incorrectly, you can't make a guess for the next team. But if then James guesses incorrectly, you can guess again on the, the team after that. Got so it. starting off, we have Racing Club War, War, Warwick. Fucking hell. And they said what Warwick. <laughs> Racing Club Warwick. Fucking what? That's not a team. What? That's not a fucking team. It, it is a team. Racing Club Warwick. Okay, we'll go to the next team of Stoke City. No, okay. We will then go to a loan spell at Bristol City. A loan spell of Tiverton Town. <laughs> <laughs> a loan spell of Stafford Rangers. Are these real oh. people that you've chosen? This is a real person. Oh, a loan spell at Kidderminster. A loan spell at Wrexham. Permanent signing for Manchester United. Ben Foster. Oh. James is correct. The first footballer was Ben Foster. Following yeah. that, there was two loans to Watford. A permanent move to Birmingham. A loan to West yeah. Brom. Permanent to West Brom. Permanent to Watford. Permanent to All Wrexham. Right. So again, you know, it's a bit of a throw off from Racing Club Warwick. Or Warwick, as I tried to oh, say. But... Uh, but, you know, I, I knew that one would come sort of later in the round. So that's at the moment. 1-0 to uh, James. Come on, Neil. You can pull this back. Please I pull have this brain back. Damage. Do not give this man. You'll, you should be able to. I get can't this remember one. things. So, starting off, senior debut for Southampton. Permanent move to Arsenal. Walker. Walker. James, you are disqualified for one team. Oh. The team after Neil is Liverpool. I, I know it. Oh, this is bullshit because I know it now. So, just to reiterate, Neil, Southampton to Arsenal to Liverpool. I will know it when you say it, but I can't think. Just have a little guess. Hang on. I'm Googling. <laughs> no, I need an answer now, no, Neil. No, I can't. Um, to, wait, hang on. Southampton to Arsenal to Liverpool. Yeah. Is it Clayton Blackmore? A guess now. No. Can I, is can it I Tom, not credit Last team, Vestikas. It's Oxlade-Chamberlain. It was oh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. He, he doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's 2-0 to James, but you're playing for pride now, Neil. Is it Clayton Blackmore? This, this is for a clean... Yeah, you know. Wait till I've said it. Okay, Clayton Fortune. So, we're starting off, okay, with professional debut for Ipswich Town. Permanent signing for Sunderland. Loan signing for Sheffield Wednesday. Another loan signing for Sheffield Wednesday. A loan signing for Leeds United. A permanent signing for Crystal Palace. A loan signing for Sheffield Wednesday. Permanent signing for Preston North End. Okay, still not had a guess yet. A permanent signing for MK Dons. A permanent signing for Forest Green Rovers. 
and a permanent signing for Cardiff City. I, I've, I know what it is. Neil, just to say, I know who it is. Halfway through that, I forgot that I was supposed to be listening. But... Um, <laughs> I'd like to... I'd, just I'd say like a name. Guess. Just get it over I think with. it's Eric Jemba Jemba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Eric Jemba Jemba. Neil, uh, Neil, James put him out of his misery. It's uh, Connor Wickham. Oh, what? It was I Connor Wickham. Off, they though. were completely randomly generated. Second, yes. Yeah, I yeah. There, I mean, you know... There with the Eric Jemba Jemba so close. Yeah, I mean, two similar players, Absolutely you might gutted. even argue. You know, hard to pick yeah. out. But that makes it 3-0 to James, which is well the done, most James. embarrassing thing that will ever happen to you in your I life. I don't fucking think so. I doubt. I can beat that. <laughs> I've got it beat by miles. Yeah. Uh, but well done, well done James, James. Showing some good knowledge there. Awesome. I will, Very I, I, will, I will take that with a noble steed. I am. Fuck what? That makes no sense. It makes no sense was... at all. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well have just said, thank you, I'm a knob. Um, but that's all we have time for, thank God, because I don't think I could do another one of those. That was painful towards the end. Thank you, Neil. Hey, you're welcome. I do my best. <laughs> um, it's been lovely having you on, and I do hope your bet does come in, because we need at least one of us that isn't James on the board. And also with because you. Because if he gets on the board with 30 quid, yeah, no, we I'm can't. not going to be No, I don't it. think that should count. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we might have to dock, him. For a sensible, dock him the full amount. for a sensible bet there. Which, probably... which is exactly everything we're against. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much uh, for listening. And Neil, like I say, I think we will definitely look to have you on again, especially in this um, th- this podcast, if you like, if we split them into two. It's a lot more football-based, you know, and it's nice to have a Premier League opinion rather than just uh, <laughs> just our little League One knowledge. Well, thank so you. It's, it's been fantastic. You'd be more than welcome on mine where I just talk about it at Cantona and I'll read out... <laughs> It's, I'll read out his Wikipedia page and his IMDb page, and I just do that on repeat for an hour. You just watch the same adverts for like Cronenberg, yeah, yeah. and Every, just commentate yeah, yeah. over it's, them. It's it's mainly about Eric Cantona, but also about Eric Cantona. It's really good. Tune in, <laughs> tune in. <laughs> Thank you, but uh, I've been Luke. I've been. No, I don't like this. Is I don't like doing this bit. I don't like saying I've been Neil. It's <laughs> fucking stupid and cheesy. Okay, so what would you rather say, Neil? I love you. <laughs> I love you too. There you go. That'll do. Bye.